0: It's show 147 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, Dr. Michael Huff of Keepers and the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software, who are holding their partner conference next month in Huntington Beach, California. I was looking through the latest agenda on the O'Neill website and wanted to point out some great speakers who are going to be at this event. Tom Dumez talking about HIPAA and high tech. Jim Teskey and even our guest today, Michael Huff, will be there as as well as a whole lot more good stuff. It's going to be a great conference. In fact, if you're an O'Neill partner, you'd be a little bit crazy to miss this one. So why don't you check out all the details at O'NeillSoft.com. You know, a funny thing happened the other day at Starbucks. I ordered a tall coffee, then told them my name was a Bueller, and then left the store. It's funny. Think about it. Welcome to the RIM Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry, bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information, so take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Bueller, Bueller, hey there, how are you today? Thank you for joining us on the RIM Pro Report. August is more than a quarter done, back to school shopping is in full force, and the RIM services world just keeps moving forward. And I gotta say, my tan is painfully gone. Uh, I I took so much time sitting three hours a day on the beach during my vacation in July, and you know the sad part is it's completely disappeared. But other than that, life is good. How about you? What's happening with you these days? Are you doing anything interesting in your business? Are you trying any new experiments that are providing you new ways to serve your clients? Are you testing anything? If so, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're exploring, and uh, if it makes sense, I'd love to have you on this the show. Our guest today has been working extremely hard outside his day job at File Keepers in LA. Dr. Michael Huff just recently received his doctorate in organizational leadership studying the emotional intelligence of RIM professionals. I was so intrigued by this study and what he's learned, I invited him to join us on the show today. So really looking forward to that. But before I get Michael on the line, let's catch up on the latest industry news. Looks like it's been a pretty quiet week so far, but this Showed up on the radar this week. Iron Mountain just published a couple of how-to guides for the legal industry derived and written based on the information gleaned in a three-day symposium of information management professionals from some of the leading U.S. law firms. The two new reports, Building a Law Firm Information Governments, Prime Your Processes Report, and Emergency Emerging trends in law firm information governance focus on how the legal industry manages, secures, and accesses client and firm information. These reports deliver practical advice on making information governance a stronger part of day-to-day operations. So congratulations to Iron Mountain on the publication of those two reports. Some other events on the horizon to remind you of, Nade Shred Schools in Boston August 14th and 15th, in Orlando August 28th and 29th, in Dallas September 18th and 19th, and San Francisco October 16th and 17th. There will be more dates ahead on those as well. As mentioned earlier, the O'Neill P- Partner Conference is September 18th through 20th. A couple of weeks after that, the PRISM Data Protection Conference in Dallas, September 26th and 27th. October 11th to 13th, the Data Protection Association will hold their yearly conference in Oakland, California. PRISM's Fundamentals of Records Management will be held in Mumbai, India, October 14th and 15th. And the PRISM Latin America Forum will be held in Cancun, Mexico, October 17th and 18th. Then, uh, stretching all the way out to November, the European information management conference which is sponsored by prism and nade will be held november 10th to 12th in amsterdam so lots of upcoming industry events to support your learning and networking requirements other than that that's it for the news and rim this week if you've got any news to share please let me know i'd love to hear from you Alrighty, i'm gonna get michael huff on the phone hang tight while i do <laughs> Michael Huff is the Vice President and Privacy Officer at FileKeeper, a full-scale RIM services provider in the greater Los Angeles area. Michael, are you there?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Hey. morning. Hey, welcome to the RIM Pro Report. It's great to have you with us. So uh, let's start initially with telling me how you got into the greater RIM industry. Tell me a little bit of your story. Well,
1: actually, my story, um, I actually transitioned from education into uh, records and information management hmm. 1986. Unfortunately, I, I, I had been laid off as a teacher. Actually, it's an interesting story, but I won't go into it. I actually taught uh, elementary and, and uh, some high school and did some coaching. But I was laid off, and uh, a brother-in-law of mine had a, uh, a connection Uh, He worked in a company in Los Angeles years ago um, called Metro Business Archives. And uh, I started there as a temp working in the record center. Really? Actually, Warehouse at that point. We called it Warehouse at that point. All right, right. And uh, so I just worked hard and and, uh, focused on learning the industry and just continued to move up and transition to other companies.
0: And and so you ended up at uh, File Keepers. Tell me a little bit about when you got to File Keepers and, and give me a little bit of your role there.
1: Okay, I started in File Keepers in 1992, and I came in basically doing customer support, uh, which I had done previously, and now I've moved into the position of Vice President of Client Services and Privacy Officer. Hmm yeah so my role here is to actually um, basically take care of the clients that we are able to um, our sales department brings in and uh, then become current clients of ours. I, my job is to make sure that they're taken care of as far as renewals but also to take to make sure that if they have any issues related to audits we've, we're seeing a lot more uh, an, an increased need for auditing yeah and response to audits um, due to obviously um, healthcare care initiatives and uh, things in financial and those type of industries. So I handle the, the privacy aspect as well.
0: Wow. So tell me a little bit about FileKeepers. Uh, just give me a sense of the company as as a whole. What are some of the services, the scope? Uh, I already mentioned you're in, in the L.A. area, but, but give me a little bit more about FileKeepers.
1: Yes, FileKeepers has actually... Uh, is a full-service records and information management company, which basically most companies have to be at this point in history. You have to offer imaging and hard copy storage and data storage, and uh, even do some things in the cloud. And you have to be able to provide shredding and uh, certified destruction, yep. both on-site and off-site, and um, in the the basic records hard copy storage and then management and, and you know, obviously people that handle special projects. And we've done that. it has been around since 1974, doing mm. that in the greater Los Angeles, Southern California area.
0: Wow, wow so it, it's it's a complete and uh full record center rim services company but uh interestingly enough that's not the purpose of the show today uh and the purpose of my conversation is to set that as the backdrop because you've lived and breathed in this industry a long time if you've been in this industry since 1992 you've been in it longer than many people who've tried to build and you know built and sold record centers. so you know this industry really well but you just recently completed your doctorate, and uh, i I want to talk to you about that today because it's incredibly intriguing and so can you tell me in brief what was your dissertation all about? what was the work, your thesis? um there's probably different ways to describe it but but start by giving me an explanation of what it was that you were actually working on
1: Well, yes, the dissertation uh, my doctorate was a a really fun project um, because it did deal directly with the industry, um, records and information management. So in a nutshell, what I did was um, study and test to see if there was a discernible level of emotional intelligence in records and information management professionals. Hmm.
0: So, okay. So, I mean, that's, that's the nutshell version. We'll dig in a little bit more, but what, why did this topic interest you so much? I mean, I I have friends who've done their, uh, their doctoral degrees and written theses, and it takes them seven to 10 years to pull this off. What, what the heck interested you about the emotional intelligence of rim people in the rim industry or rim professionals? Why so interested in that?
1: Well, because, as I mentioned, um I started in the industry in the late eighties yeah and I, I i things have changed, obviously, the world has changed a great deal, and at that point in time, records managers or records people records professionals were actually um i I call it in the basement, basically yeah. records were stored um off site um and, and it, actually, we called our facilities warehouses back then. We, used, we stored them in a warehouse right. um, uh, back then. And then and, and a lot of moving and storage had been involved in records. Yeah. The value wasn't as apparent at that point. So um, because of that transition to the importance of records now, I, I actually, I, I don't know where I got this term from, but I use it frequently as, that records and information management professionals have moved from the basement to the boardroom. And that's because of the legal requirement. The, the, the individuals are now being asked to not just take the records and and put them away or, or um, store them or manage the records. They're actually being asked to interact with managing partners and mm. um, global teams around the country and around the world, and so not only um there's a thing called hard skills and technical skills of being able to do, to do categorization and um to set up retention schedules and uh, to index records but also to be able to be able to communicate with the effectively with these teams and with the managing group so that's where i saw that wait the you know all of the things you see and i've seen at arma um and interacting with my clients, they're being asked to now either sell or be able to uh, quantify the importance of records and information management or mm. to uh, train companies. so um, the level of of importance has risen for the record for the rim professional right. in my in my estimation experience
0: right but um, and, and I agree completely with you, but I, I guess my, you know, the digging question for me is, what about that piece of it was so intriguing to you? I, I realize that it's existing, you see it, you're observing it, but uh, what caused you to do a a thesis about it, and in in order to get your doctoral degree?
1: Well, I had a sneaking suspicion, <laughs> obviously, that the people I interact with in the industry. REM professionals have and utilize emotional intelligence, but there's no study, there's no mm. documentation, there was no research, there's research on engineers, on accountants, on, on project managers. But I thought it would be important because of some of the things that are coming out of the, out of ARMA, um, where they're, they're looking at um, the skill set that REM professionals need. I thought it would be interesting. And something that would keep me motivated for five years right. or to seven years while I'm working on this project right. to document or to test um, what level of emotional intelligence there is throughout all the, the uh, RIM professionals who would take the assessment.
0: Cool. So uh, explain emotional intelligence. What is it and why does it matter in the world and in, the, in a RIM professional? I Okay.
1: Emotional intelligence, the, what I'd like to do is back up and actually just mention, you know, hard skills and soft skills is what I've mentioned that just recently. Right. Hard skills are the technical skills. Right. Soft skills are the skill set for dealing with people and individuals. Okay. Um, in the workplace, which is becoming more and more important. And, uh, you know, from academia to business world, you can find publications coming out all the time about, you know, can the person work together with their people and teams? Um, can they persuade, can they, um, do they have self-awareness? That moves into emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is a subset of soft skills. Okay. And it deals with self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And so that, that's a basic overview. And this was brought about, I think, by the book most of us remember, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. All right? nineteen ninety-five, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. So was that it? Was that kind of a foundation, or was that a uh, a really important work that you used as criteria in terms of judging emotional intelligence, or um, was there other other things that were brought to bear on on the way you thought about this whole thing of emotional intelligence?
1: Well, i I would say that. The importance in the business world of soft skills and emotional intelligence. I, I wanted to look at and compare that and actually, I guess verify that in this industry, mm-hmm. which I'm I've spent my most of my life in, um, because I think it's important going forward uh, for our professionals to be um, to be aware of emotional intelligence and to and to understand that they have it and they use it.
0: Right. So a quick question before I kind of dig into more of, of what you learned and what you uncovered, but how did you actually uh, do the research? You, you talked about studying RIM professionals, but give, give me just a, a brief understanding of how you did this research and what the process was.
1: Okay. Um, the process is basically – one. Um, let me just say that in order to do a doctoral thesis or a uh, a any type of study, you have to make it so that it can be replicated. And um, one of the things I had to do was to make it as simple as possible, but to make it something that's reliable and and valid. Mm-hmm. And I used um, one of the most uh, I guess um, valid uh, types of assessment instruments. It's called the Meyer. Solovey Caruso Emotional Intelligence Test, or, yeah, you know, the initials are M-S-C-E-I-T, the MISCI. Okay. And um, so I used that, and that's been validated and tested. And I wanted to use something that would be able to be um, applied and, and used online, so I chose their online version. And um, RIM Professionals had a two-step Process. Um, ARMA was really nice to send out a blast to all of their members in the United States, and um, you know, and they would go ahead and and uh, sign in for the assessment. Um, no information as far as names or uh, or any uh, identifiable information was collected. Hmm. Um, the first step did, however, re- request demographic information. Got it. So we actually. So actually I collected and I did that because I thought it'd be really interesting to see if there was a difference between um, people that worked at a certain type of industry or if they worked internationally or if they worked if they worked for local government if they worked for aerospace versus you know that let's say banking
0: right right or legal okay
1: and so we collected all that data then so the first was a demographic um, a, a questionnaire that they would answer and at the end of that, at the beginning, they received a number, an ID number, and that same ID number is what they used to go into the the next actual uh, multiple intelligence, I'm sorry, emotional intelligence assessment. Right. So once they took that first part, and some, not everyone had to, some people didn't, it was pretty quick, pretty easy to answer these questions, and then um, it asked them about their years in their industry. and. Uh, their position or title and if they were CRM certified or not and their industry sector and then they were able to go ahead and take the uh, um, the actual emotional intelligence test.
0: Hmm. So you collected all this data and then you go to work on this data to try and figure something out from it. So uh, rim professionals, emotional intelligence is the nature of of the testing you're doing. So what was the most important learning you got from this study? Um what what was the thing that stood out to you and made you go, Wow, this is interesting?
1: Oh well, there I could talk for hours on this because <laughs> I there was there were there were uh you know, it was my baby for the for the last two years as I worked on this. I um would have to say that I was surprised to see that the assessment came back The results actually showed that age and tenure were significant, you know, actually provided significant differences for um, the scores of emotional intelligence. And specifically, we found that of the individuals who actually took the assessment, those who had been in the industry for a shorter period of time, six years or less, actually had a higher emotional intelligence score on this assessment. And, um, you know, that just raised a lot of different questions. And um, then one other thing that was verified, which is typical for emotional intelligence assessment scores, is that women, um, females, actually scored higher than males on emotional intelligence. So that validated the normal um, thing that you find in these assessments,
0: right? So, so if you're a woman rim professional uh, having worked six years or less, you've got wickedly high emotional intelligence.
1: Yes, across the board, <laughs> okay. um, as far as the uh, the assessment came back, the results there was some there was some difference as far as age group. Younger had tended tended to have a higher emotional intelligence score, but this I I have to always put out there that this is based on the the group of people who actually took the right. assessment, right? Um, but at least it gives us a baseline, um, and and because it was based on 150 people, some of those scores can be applicable to the the wider population, and it does raise some questions as well.
0: So the the actual data that you got back, um, you know, gives you some of these trends, and that's the biggest one you say you found that. Uh, If you're six years or less, you tended to have higher emotional intelligence based on the criteria of the assessment. Um, So what else came out for you that was intriguing, that was interesting, that was surprising?
1: Well, I guess based on those results, I tried to go into it with an open mind without any preconceived notions of what I would find. Right. But the finding of the tenure you know it 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 uh, brought about other questions about is there a relationship between the previous industry that these people came from
0: oh okay you know
1: into records and information management um is there a personality type that plays a role in this and we didn't dig into that but it, it did raise those questions of what what's going on why is this uh, right. different there um maybe it's that when individuals who are have a longer tenure have been in the industry maybe they weren't required to have emotional intelligence the same way when they first came in right and maybe some people coming in have had to have that um because that's something that you hear about all the time soft skills and emotional intelligence
0: right right yeah so uh, if if I'm a rim professional, how does this study affect me or how should it affect me is is there any um, is there any thing that I should be thinking of if I'm someone who's been in the industry seven years or more? Um, give me a sense of what what this means and maybe the the bigger implications to the rim professional
1: I think it would be interesting for. And, and I'm sure there will be a debate, and, and we're in professionals, um, but I think it really ties to some things that ARMA is doing. The association mm. has really encouraged its members to um, to look at leadership skills, to look at some of that leadership as a soft skill. Um, and as you look at becoming a leader, the self-awareness piece of emotional intelligence and self-regulation, the motivation, empathy, social skills, all those things are needed. And it would probably help a professional to make sure that as they look at additional training going forward, include this, include emotional intelligence. Right. Okay. Um, be aware of um, this as something that's 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 necessary. But also, I'd like to say that the study showed that there is a discernible level that um that records professionals have emotional intelligence. Um, it just showed that. Maybe as the longer you're in the industry dealing with records and information, make sure you include the training for emotional intelligence.
0: Well, because ultimately, uh, as you suggested earlier, when when RIM professionals are more uh, tuned into boardroom-related issues, uh, executive management stuff, the the role RIM professionals play now is so much more a a. Um, you know, an important aspect of the world we live in, uh, emotional intelligence is something that can be learned, is it not? Can can you actually improve emotional intelligence? Is that something that can be taught, or is it just experience and maturity? Um,
1: well, actually, the research, there's a debate about actually training and how much it, how fast, how valuable it is mm. as far as increasing emotional intelligence scores. However, to actually develop your emotional intelligence is possible, and it does start with the first phase, um, the first domain, which is self-awareness. Right. And self-awareness, we all know bosses that we've worked with and individuals, coworkers who are either, some are uh, lack self-awareness. They're, they're very unaware, and those people... Um, are lacking in emotional intelligence, so self-awareness would be the first piece that um, would be taught, and then, you know, the other parts of it—self self-regulation. Once you realize, you know, um, if you have self-awareness or insight, you realize, okay, I'm feeling this from an interaction I just had with a customer or a coworker. How do I control myself? Mm. That self-regulation. So, it definitely can be trained. And because um, it's it's a skill set that needs to be there, um, it, my research also showed that in IT, CFO magazine went over, um, let me see, I'm sorry, CIO magazine went over the fact that that's one of the things that they're looking at when they hire IT professionals, hmm. is self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Wow! Because IT has had a similar transition from, just being with the computers in the computer room to actually being able to articulate um, what with upper management um their role and how they're going to keep information private and secure, uh-huh. and those who are better at it those who are better at it actually excel in their in their position to a higher level hmm. and there's tons of research and articles out there about that so that 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 um Emotional intelligence training definitely is possible, and um, it starts with self-awareness.
0: Cool. So, a- as you know, this show is for people on our side of the the um, Rim World, the services side, as opposed to the what we would consider traditionally the professional side, the ARMA type person, as opposed to the Prism Nade. Um, aim type person that's that's the kind of show that's the kind of people who are listening to this show uh, as well as yeah. developing our own emotional intelligence as one of the obvious lessons from the, this interview um what other um how might this information that you've worked on as a as a rim services uh, professional um how how might this help our industry what, what what might it do for us
1: well i would say that um um, what's interesting is that some of the participants it was open to anyone who's a part of ARMA so some of the participants um, in their demographic information they're actually um, in our industry
0: oh wow, okay,
1: and they took the assessment as well so um, I haven't gone in to really pull out all these all the demographic aspects and and look at them, but um, emotional intelligence is important in our um, industry as well yeah as we interact with. Our clients and vendors, you know, we have to keep in mind that emotional intelligence is part of what we need to have, and and don't lose sight. I guess the key is to not lose sight of the soft skills while chasing the hard skills, mm, okay. because the soft skills are the things that help us. And we, our industry, as you mentioned at the Prism Conference, is based on relationship Yeah, and relationships that building relationships come through trust and come through aspects of soft skills and emotional intelligence, right. those social skills. So that's a, a very important part for us, and I think that's something that can be applied from this study, that um, you know, it's a validation of the importance of soft skills and emotional intelligence for us, because we, we have to relate and we have to build trust for our customers, especially going forward. Um, as things just continue to get more and more, I guess, focused on privacy and security of information.
0: Right. Um, right. So. So, how has this this the work you've done in in your uh, your doctoral work uh, and the expertise that you've gained? How have you used it in your role at File Keepers? How has it changed what you're doing?
1: Well, at File Keepers, I would say that two things specifically. Uh, And this aspect came out of the research that I was, um, I guess, the research on the history of our industry uh, unrelated to emotional intelligence. I I really dove dove into the history Mm -hmm. of our industry and looked at what are the key drivers of our industry now. And the key drivers that my research found would have to deal with technology. And technology drives all the new regulatory and... uh, legislative uh, agenda right. uh, initiative that we see coming through right. and so i really see for the future of our industry based on my research that technology obviously is going to continue to change and, and you know and uh, accelerate but some of the issues of privacy and security are going to be there right they're they you know we're looking at those for medical records now as we look at HIP- hipaa and um, those things are going to be there and i think that that's something that we need to focus on um, our industry, and so that's something I've tried to incorporate to file keepers: really, uh, privacy, privacy certification. What are the new things? What are the new um, uh, organizations to become a part of? Got it. And then on the on the emotional intelligence side, um, just continuing to train on soft skills, and especially doing um, rel- doing a different things related to self-awareness. Just take the first one, self-awareness. Um, I actually have a, an instrument that I've designed, um, which I have a patent pending on, which helps to, um, I guess, awaken or uh, increase a person's insight and self-awareness. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we're we using that, and, um, you know, it it's going to help at work, and it helps outside of work, and it definitely helps with interacting with clients.
0: Wow, very cool. Well, we could you and I yeah. could probably talk about this for a long time, but we, we've really um, gobbled up most of the show. But I, I guess as we end this conversation, one question that stands out for me is uh, in which ways or how has this research, this process, process changed you as an individual? How have you become more self-aware? What did you learn about yourself? What what happened as a result of this other than just getting, you know, the the certificate you hang on the wall and the fancy hat and, you know, the the book that goes with your, your doctoral thesis being published? What changed you?
1: Well, Tom, it really, I say that it really has, it just continues to Give me excitement about the industry, um, because from my research and from my experience doing this dissertation, it's neat. I see that any type of new technology somehow, um, as far as dealing with communication, it, it hits our industry, and we're at the tip of the spear. We you know thing, thing that comes through right. runs through information management right. because some type of information is transmitted over these different types of uh, um, devices and so it's exciting to be there. Mm. It's kind of daunting as well to keep up with all the new things that are coming through, but it's exciting as yeah. well. Yeah, and that that's been the the thing that's really um, become very clear to me. But also, I think the piece that um that rides along with that is that the human side, the human factor, is not going away. Right. So we have to take that into account, even as this, this technology just zooms forward. Yeah. So.
0: Very cool. Well, uh, rumor has it you're going to be at the O'Neill conference uh, next month.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, I'll be there. And
0: you, are you going to be talking more about this? Give, give me a, a, a brief glimpse into what you're going to be talking about next month.
1: Well, um, uh, basically next month I'll, I'll be uh, covering um, a little bit different. I'm going to be talking about some parts of the research and – an additional research into what's called hot intelligences and um wow um that, yeah that's that's where i'll leave it but hot intelligences hot intelligences how, yeah <laughs> so.
0: is that h o t or h o u t e
1: that's actually um h o t hot intelligence They're really um the new thing
0: well i'm i that i'm intrigued hot intelligence i i'm i'm always intrigued by this stuff so uh, Michael, it's it's been a real pleasure uh, talking to you about this. I I know that um, if you and I sit down for coffee someday, we'll dig in a whole lot deeper because this stuff intrigues the heck out of me. But uh, thank you for sharing your uh, your story, your your research, a little bit about what you learned. And I, I can't wait to see how this all evolves. I'd love to try your self-awareness instrument when you get that ready to go. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Well, Tom, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Hey, there you go. Another great show today. Thank you for joining us. If you've got a cool story to tell, you're doing something interesting or you know someone who is, let me know. Special thanks to Michael Huff for joining us today. Isn't that interesting? Uh, the, the, The kind of, position he's taken and the perspective he's he's gotten from doing a PhD in RIM and RIM professionals. Wow, very cool stuff. So I'm, I'm really grateful to Michael for taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, I, I, I want to remind you of this, uh, that as our RIM businesses forge ahead, we, we often forget that there are rock solid systems that just work day in and day out to support us. And we don't, we don't think about it that much. It's just they're quietly supporting the real work we do. And for many of you, the system that makes that that all happened in the background is O'Neill software, RS SQL, RS Mobile, RS Web, quietly doing their job for you, managing the enterprise on your behalf, managing the interactions that happen, the the requests that go back and forth, the billings, all kind of important stuff that makes your business operate and makes it profitable is undergirded and supported by O'Neill. If you want that kind of stability in your RIM service business, get on the old interwebs and head over to O'NealSoft.com. Hey, that's it for us. We are out of here. We'll catch up with you next week. See ya! Bye.
1: Thanks for joining us on the RIM
0: Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc.
1: Join us again soon.